Oh, it is time for some Feast Week College. Basketball is back. Might be a little turbulent, but it is back. Uh, the Mountaineers, your world champion Mountaineers, as uh, old Tony Creedy would like to say, have uh, made their way out to South Dakota and will start the 2020-21 season with a uh, ball game with South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, on Wednesday. Tis the evening before Thanksgiving. A little 7 o'clock tip out there. Gonna be fun to watch this basketball team this season. I think top 15 ranking might be a little low. We are super excited to get it going. Gonna talk all things about this Bad Boy Mower crossover classic. Going to preview the Big 12, kind of a, and as you're previewing the Big 12, you're essentially previewing the uh, the national landscape as well because, you know, you've got about five to six teams that are probably top 25 out of the 10 in the Big 12, but we'll also kind of look at some other teams around the nation that might make some noise come March or May or whenever the season might, tournament might uh, conclude. Hopefully it's in March. I know Patino's one in April or May or something like that, but hopefully it's March Madness, not May Madness. My friend Jeremy Stout's going to come on in here and talk with us about the Mountaineers. Hey, he's got his ear to the ground pretty pretty low there. Uh, knows some knows some people in the Mountaineer basketball program. So uh, Jeremy's going to join us here. Going to be real fun to pick his brain on this uh, on this basketball team here. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee. Phil Stout, if it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back. We're going to talk Mountaineer hoops here on the porch. Jeremy, it's good to have you out here on the porch, man. First time, a uh, long time, I assume, right? Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, man, excited excited to have you, uh, you know, kind of talking basketball with us. I know you, um, you know, know the game very well and have your ear low to the ground. And there's always, uh, there's all, if there's a scoop, I know that, you know, that you'll be the guy to have it. So uh, excited to kind of, you know, to kind of start this season off, man. And, um we know the team's in the Dakotas now, out there in South Dakota, and uh, getting ready for this crossover classic. And, um, you know, 15th ranking, I think, is a little bit low, Jeremy, to start. I think we could be, you know, a little bit, maybe a little bit more into that top 10 range myself personally. But um, how are you feeling heading into this uh, this Feast Week tournament here? Oh, I think we definitely should be in the top 10. But, you know, these preseason rankings don't really mean too much. You're going to see top 10, top 15 teams lose early and fall out. You're going to see unranked teams win games they shouldn't win. And, you know, they're going to jump into the top 25. That's just the way the season starts. Yeah. And especially this year, kind of just being so turbulent with all the COVID, you know, crisis and cancellations here and there. I mean, you know, you saw Baylor, you know, number two team in the country, Scott Drew had – his issues and then they were going to go play and then they weren't going to go play. And then Arizona state was going to play him and then they were going to play right Rhode, Rhode, Rhode Island. And then they weren't. And it's almost a minor miracle. We're going to see three basketball games here this week. Oh yeah. I, I didn't really have much faith in it until our team made it to South Dakota. You know, I kept thinking until yesterday that we were probably going to hear him cancellation again. That's about as AAU as it gets right there, though, right? Like, you know, hey, oh, you might play team, you might play the orange team on Saturday morning, but you might have to play, the, you know, the, the D.C. Devils Saturday night. Who knows, you know, and it's crazy, though, how many teams have been in and out of this tournament. You think about it, I mean, VCU hopped in there in, in about a two-hour span there the other night. We didn't even know about it at first, you know. And um, obviously Creighton dipping, which forced the, the change in game for West Virginia. You know, now we're not playing at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. We're playing at 7 now. Um, yeah, just – Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this is all within a week. And at least with, at least with Northern Iowa, we would have at least had – some familiarity with them playing them last year in the uh, the Cancun Challenge there, but uh, you know this this game with South Dakota State, you know we don't really have a lot of frame of reference on them traditionally, at least from what I've been able to to kind of look at and see. No, it doesn't seem like it. You know, we have 
and returning the biggest part of the lineup last year and having the talented young guys that we have. I, you know, I don't think we're going to have much trouble. I look forward to come out. You know, probably be a little sloppy like most teams are going to be, but I look forward to being pretty easily. Yeah, I think tomorrow's a game that, you know, there are not going to be many games this year, especially with the limited non-conference and how tough the Big 12 is where you can kind of maybe see some guys and, and learn some things and kind of um, gel a little bit. I think tomorrow is one of those games where that can actually happen for uh, the Mountaineers. Hugs can kind of tinker a little bit tomorrow uh, evening, hopefully. Um, which, you know, then Jeremy sets up, I mean, the second round now uh, of this tournament, you know, Obviously, a game on Thanksgiving Day, always going to be kind of fun to uh, to see that. Now we're going to avoid playing Memphis um, in that second game. Looks like that'd be more of a third-round game there. Um, looks like it could be VCU um, potentially in that game, or I mean, or do you think the uh, the Rams might get beat in that in that second-round match or in their, their matchup on day one? Nah, I don't think so. I think VCU is a pretty experienced team. Um, they should get through the first round. I would say that's who we'll be playing in the second round. Yeah, again, I mean, we have a little bit of experience with them. You know, we'll have some film on there. We'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and the other team would be Utah State, which is, you know, a, a pretty solid team in their own right. So, uh, if if for some reason, and I remember watching those guys all look like a bunch of uh, Scott Van Pelt's and Adam Silver's out there, out there at Utah State with the uh, – Pre-COVID, when they—I mean, one of those kids in the in the student section, man—he was a riot, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, Utah State's always oh, yeah. good for good for those laughs there late nights. Um, but I mean, Jeremy, you know, obviously moving into the day three of the tournament, like we said, we're hoping to see Memphis there. It'd be kind of fun to uh, see Penny and Hugs uh, have a battle there on uh, Black Friday, and would be would be a real fun way to close out this tournament for sure if we could get to to face those guys in, in the championship round. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there's no James Wiseman anymore, but I mean, still, that's a uh, he's he's definitely recruited a, a good amount of talent to that program in a short amount of time, and uh, it would be very interesting to see that matchup. And that's hopefully what we'll see Friday uh, Friday afternoon. Oh yeah, that would, that would be a great matchup for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, this field, I mean, despite having all of these teams having to kind of, um, you know, for the most part, have to kind of, uh, you know, Duke Duke dropped out, A&M dropped out. I mean, this is supposed to be one of the marquee fields. They did a pretty good job, I thought, this tournament in terms of still kind of keeping it together and having, you know, I think eight teams that all have tournament aspirations for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, there's a few teams I think that can win it out. Um, and we'll see some good games. And, you know, it really wouldn't surprise me to see any of those teams play with West Virginia, playing close, especially Memphis or somebody. Right. You know, always takes these early games and company with the lineup, like you said. You know, you're going to see some different guys in the starting lineup, probably. You're going to see different guys in a rotation. Um, Hudson's famous for, you know, trying many different rotations and getting groups together to play well and have good chemistry. So, I mean, I, Jeremy, I've heard, you know, Deuce talk a lot about how he doesn't think any team can match our depth. Um, and, I, and I think that's 100% correct. And, and if we can play, I think we might be able to play up to 10 guys. Um, I think it would be interesting to see what the, the initial starting starting five is. Obviously, we know that's subject to change throughout the entire entirety of this thing through March. And, you know, once he gets a good, a good rhythm and flow of what he wants to do for this season, we'll obviously – kind of settle into rotations and whatnot. But, I mean, do you have a starting five that you kind of think that we're going to see? I know it's always kind of a big question, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, you almost have to look at things. It's going to be one of them. Um, you know, Oscar's going to be there. Emma Matthews, that's scary. Right. Um, I mean, I mean are, are, there. are you rolling? I mean, are you having Culver out there for sure? I mean, that's what I was going to say. You almost have to start Culver and Derby that's four. Right. But who's going to be the fifth? Is it going to be McCabe? I don't know. Is it going to be Taz? 
I think you start making a lot of arguments right. at that point, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, hugs love to put that bench down. Come uh, conference time, and you know, late in the season, he likes to cut it down to about eight guys. Like we said, he's got, he, he can go 10 deep. I mean, this is probably the most talented team we've seen. What, since 2010? For sure? I mean. Yeah, definitely thinking back to the final two teams. You know, we went into that year, I think we probably had three guys that had a chance to be pro. Right. And KJ, KJ, uh, B-Bank. And Deshaun? Yeah. And all three of them did end up, you know, getting a little shot in the front. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Draft, and we got four guys that they're talking about. Draft we, we talking Oscar, we talking Deuce. Uh, they had Oscar, they had Deuce, they had Calder, and uh, I can't remember who the fourth one was. Saying maybe, was maybe Cottrell? Yeah, I was looking at him. I think it was Nate Gosselin. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's still looking up. And, you know, Jalen Bridges, I think, has a chance to play at the next level. Oh, yeah. He's that good. They were really I mean, it, it, the, the, the kind of the influx of talent that we've seen in the last couple of years here is just super exciting. And, and the fact that you really only lost off of last year's team, you know, Jermaine Haley was a glue guy and a, and a good, you know, kind of point forward who could help you out in a lot of situations. And, yeah, Harler was, you know, had his moments where he played some gritty defense and made some shots, and Logan Rout was good for minutes. But we improved our talent level, I think, with the newcomers that came in with JB, you know, now coming off of a freshman redshirt season where he was in the program, saw everything that goes on with, you know, what this what this West Virginia program is about, you know, up uh, he was kind of in the stew in the shit, quote unquote, you know, um, and he saw it all all, you know, kind of from a, from the driver, from the passenger seat this past year, and then he doesn't even have to take a redshirt this year. I mean, that's big for Bridges. You had, you know, Isaiah Cottrell, who – Jeremy, I'm real excited to see this guy. I mean, I keep hearing that he is, um, you know, a kind of a mix and a combination of Culver and Oscar both, and he's, he's got maybe the most talented of the three. Is that really correct? And, and I've also heard that Bridges may be one of the best shooters that we've seen in a long time, kind of an Alex Ruoff type potentially from the outside. Yeah, I don't know if Jay was as good of a shooter as Ruoff, but he's a lot more athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's interesting, Jeremy, that you talk about Bridges. I would always see him last year when I went to a couple games in the Coliseum. You know, he's out there getting up shots before the game. And, man, it was not a pretty-looking shot. But, man, did it go in the hole almost every time. I mean, it, it was just, just splashed, you know. And I was just wondering, you know, from what you can remember about him going up through the prep ranks, you know, is that is that something we've kind of developed him being this good of a shooter or has that always kind of been the way he has been? Yeah, he was always a shooter. I mean, you know, he's not, you know, I don't, I don't really, I've never thought of him as a shooter, mm-hmm. but he could always shoot the ball. He just does so many things. You know, he's 6'7", he can handle the ball, he can get to the basket, he, he can run the floor, he can shoot the ball. Um, he just does so many different things. Um, kind of like Cotton does. Right. You know, he's Cotton 6'10", maybe not a good shooter, but, you know, just the way they run the floor, they're long, they're athletic. It's going to be fun to watch those two guys. Now, now, Jeremy, so, you know, in terms of Cottrell's game, is he more of a kind of back-to-the-basket guy, or is he more of kind of a – kind of a um, the more kind of what you're seeing out of big men nowadays where they're, you know, more outside perimeter-oriented and he kind of works it back down low because he has that tremendous size? Yeah, he's got good size, but I still think he's going to be a little small for – you know, Big 12 basketball, weight-wise, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got – his upside is tremendous. I mean, you know, he comes from a great program at Huntington Prep with a great coach, Arkel Poots, who's a friend of mine. Uh, you know, and, and he speaks highly of it. He's going to work at it and wants to be in the gym and things like that. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what he does at the next level. 
It's, it's, it's good to hear that, you know, you hear about that work ethic already because, you know, that's what you got to have in this program. And to hear that, you know, that, that your friend there had high praise for him, that his, you know, head coach liked the defensive ability too. That's always tough, you know, to please a, a head coach about how you play defense. So to hear Cottrell's already kind of getting that kind of praise is nice too. Um, so, I mean, those two guys, I'm really kind of looking at them as being big additions, you know, that kind of really bolstered the team. You know, if Emmett's struggling, I think Bridges can get some minutes. And then you never know in the Big 12 with the way the officiating can go sometimes, the way that whistle can kind of can go for you. It's always good to have that depth, and Cottrell provides that. If Oscar gets a couple of cheapies like against Ohio State last year, or if Culver's just not having a great game to have Cottrell, that's huge. Um Jeremy, another guy I wanted to mention, though, and I think, you know, we've kind of hit on the bigs there a little bit and the forwards, you know. You know, Emmett as well is real bouncy, and we want to see a bounce back from him. We'll get into a little bit more on him later. But, um, you know, the guard play for this team this year, I think that's the biggest key for this team, right? If this team gets good guard play, you know, if you get Tash Sherman, Sean McNeil making shots, that's huge. Um, I think we think we're going to get a lot, a lot of good play out of Deuce, you know, in year two. But I was kind of also wondering your opinion on what you thought about and what you've heard about uh, Kendron Johnson, the JUCO uh, Kiki, as I've heard Hugs call him a bunch in some of his, you know, preseason uh, media gatherings, quote unquote. Uh, I mean, I haven't heard a lot about him other than he's supposed to be a scorer. You know, yeah. you bring these kids in from JUCO; they're always top scorers. Um, you know, at their level. Hey, oh man! Hey, you know what? Though, by the time Casey Mitchell was done, he can make it though. I mean, he was—he became one of the best shooters we had there, and was big in that Sweet yeah. Sixteen run. So, yeah, uh, Jeremy, you know, I was gonna say I heard what I've heard about Johnson though is now he is the fastest guy on the team. That he pushes the ball in transition better than anybody. And I think for us, you know, that's a big thing because at times where we struggle to score, right, to get those easy points in transition, that's big. I think that's something that McCabe, while I like him a lot, and, you know, he's a good passer and he's a hard worker and he's a good leader, sometimes I wondered about his ability to lead lead in transition. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I think last year um, that's why we saw this bringing the ball up a lot. I mean, he seemed to be the one – pushing the ball in transition, uh, you know, especially later right. in the year. Oh, yeah. I mean, who can forget that dunk against but, Baylor, you know? Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, I, Jeremy, I, I'll tell you, man, I think, in, you know, just talking about bringing up that Baylor game right then there, right? I mean, that was that was this team last year at its, at its peak. And then, obviously, everything happens, you know. So nobody knows. And I think typically you judge programs and teams on what they do in March, right? And I think Hugs was building for March this, you know, that past year, you know, not being in the tournament the year before. You've had, you know, a couple great press Virginia teams. He was ready to get these guys on that stage. Um, and, you know, that it was unfortunate that it happened that way. But the fact that we had that finish against Baylor the way we did when Deuce brings down the house on that dunk and, the you know, the storm, the storm chasers are out there falling over themselves. And I'm in the top row of the Coliseum that day, Jeremy at a bachelor party, and, man, we all, you know, it was almost like we were the bench mob, you know, when he dunked it. And then Oscar right before that with his electric dunk. I mean, it just put such a good positive vibe on the basketball season, how it finished for us despite how difficult it was, you know, nationally not seeing a tournament. So, I mean, I think that kind of kept us, our spirits good there for basketball here in, in you know, in the Mountaineer uh, nation. Oh, yeah, I think Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you had you had that big resume boosting win over Baylor. You know, we and I think we all were kind of we had that such a hot start. And then we struggled there, you know, in the Big 12, had that long losing streak. I mean, we were shooting like 23% from three at certain points during that drought and just couldn't find ourselves. And then we got a couple wins in a row with the big finish against Baylor. It's, it's, 
it's building, right? And we know this roster on this team has a lot of talent. I think last year we would have been a, a, a tough matchup for just about anybody, potential Sweet 16 team that he was building for. And then this year, obviously, Jeremy, let me ask you, if you could if you could today say this team is in the Sweet 16, we don't play a game, we move on to the next year, or do you play it out? Are you playing it out? Do you think this team has second weekend cutting down the nets in the second weekend and then maybe even a third weekend? No, I think so. You know, yeah. I, back in Had the it mentality, you know? Absolutely. I, and, you know, what I found to be funny is, like like you said, that team in 2010 had that grinder, that that grinder mentality, had the grit, you know, had a Joe Missoula, had a Wellington Smith, had a Cam Thurman. I think this team has a few elements like that with a Gabe, with a Gabe Osaboyan. You know, I think Taz Sherman's got a little bit of, you know, uh, give me the ball, I can make a big shot type in, in his game. Uh, I thought he started coming on toward the end of last year a little bit. I thought he struggled. We always know how – Sometimes it takes two years for those guys that are JUCOs to really blossom under hugs. Um, and so we hope Taz can do that this year. Same with Sean McNeil. You know, Sean McNeil, I mean, I've seen him, Jeremy, in some of these preseason videos they've been putting out. He looks like he's put on some some good muscle. And, um, man, if he can shoot the ball well, I mean, that's another key piece to this basketball team. Um, I think if we can spread the floor a little bit offensively and have some, you know, Taz and Sean McNeil – Emmett make a few more shots, you know, I could see us really being an explosive offensive team because then it frees up the rest of the middle there for the bigs. Oh, yeah, I agree. You know, I saw some of those videos, too, talking about the male and the shoot. And, you know, the, the biggest thing we're seeing in the video, the thing that we watched was just talking about his confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, when you come in and you're not used to playing for someone like us, have a short leash most of the time with most people. So when it comes in, you're having to think about where you're supposed to be on defense or think about where you're supposed to be on offense. It always is going to make you a step behind. I mean, that's just that's normal. So when you get it, get things down, you've been in the system a couple of years, and you know, you know where you're supposed to be, and, and it comes second nature to you, then you can start thinking about other things. You can start thinking about shooting the ball or, you know, where you You know, Jeremy, what's awesome about that is you're talking about that with McNeil, you know, especially, and then Taz a little bit, but you also realize that, hey, this is Oscar's second year. This is Deuce's second year. So the ceiling's even high on those guys as well as to what they could do. Um, you know, something, something I wanted to bring up, Jeremy, is, you know, I know we're kind of our DNA is defense and, and rebounding in West Virginia. Do you think there's a chance of this year, if we're explosive enough in the, in the transition game with our depth and we're able to kind of score the basketball enough to where some of those rebounding numbers might not be the same as they've been in previous years because we're just not going to have as many missed shots? Well, I mean, that's – that's always an option for sure. I mean, you know, if we can make shots, 
you're going to see blue dot numbers come down. Yeah. I mean, that's just normal. Um, and when you force turnovers, you don't see the rebounds near as much. So I think we will see rebound numbers down. We're going to be better defensively. Uh, you know, we're going to get steals, I think. We're going to get tip balls, uh, which is going to, like you said, lead to layups and you know, fast breaks and things like that. So there's not going to be the number of rebounds. Uh, if the rebounds are down and those numbers are up, then that's going to be a good thing. Yeah, let's just make sure that we're getting the defense, hitting the defensive glass hard. Um, you know, Jeremy, I'm interested to see, though, what we're going to see out of the rotations-wise. You know, are we going to see a lot of Oscar and – and Derek to go together this year. You know, last year that was kind of a, a sticking point for some people at, at certain times. It's like they didn't they didn't have that movement in there. But what I've heard is is that Oscar's improved his passing, and Derek's always been a very good and willing passer, according to Hugs. Um, but so that this year, you know, and then obviously too, I think the biggest key they say Oscar's really making that jumper. You know, from about eighteen feet. Um, if Derek does the same thing, I mean. Are you going to always have those two guys playing together? Do you kind of want to not play them together, how they tried to do it last year, throw more Gabe in there with them? I, I'm just – I'm very interested and intrigued to see what kind of kind of rotations and lineups we're going to have together. Um, I mean, do you have any sense on who you think might see the majority of the minutes, you know, come Wednesday, or do you think it's just going to continue to, to evolve, obviously, as the year goes? I think it's going to evolve but I think a lot of the reason we didn't see those two guys play a lot of minutes together last year was just lack of depth underneath. I mean, you know, if, if you're playing both of them at the same time or both of them get out of them, you have to bring in Logan Brown this year, big man. Right. I mean, it would be a well, but let's face it, he's not Derek or Oscar. No. So, and then also, he's not Cottrell this year. Last year, he wanted, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's where I was at. Yeah. I think last year, he had to make sure he always had one of those two guys to put on the floor. This year, with Cottrell being able to come in and back him up, then, you know, he can afford to put those two guys there at the same time. And if one of them gets in foul trouble, he's got another guy he can bring in. Yeah, absolutely. And, so and I think we're going to see play some time together. Oh, I hope so. I mean, I think I think we're going to see it more than, than we don't see it. At least that's my hope, um, Jeremy. You know, and then – so I've also been hearing a lot of things about City. Now, maybe you can help me with that pronunciation a little bit, but, I mean, that kid is a mammoth man. Yeah, I really haven't seen a whole lot about him. I'm looking forward to seeing him, Yeah, I mean, I hope we get to see him. I mean, this is probably going to be one of the better weekends to see him. Maybe, hopefully, get to see him some in these non-league games. Um, which, I mean, I think we've done a pretty good job, all in all, Jeremy, of getting a pretty decent little non-conference schedule here. Um, for basketball, considering the times. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I hope never has a problem scheduling out a conference. Right. Like, always want to go out and schedule teams that are predicted to win their conference or you know, projected to win or at least finish in the top couple of the conference. So there's never going to be an issue with scheduling good opponents. Yeah, it's... I hope he's always been one to schedule the best opponents you could, get your RPI up, um... Hopefully, you can win some games, build a resume. Like you said, he plays for Mars. Yep, yep. Get that net up now, you know, the old net rating. I'm not saying he doesn't want to win early, but he's looking more to March than he is. Yeah. concerned about games in November and December. Well, yeah. Hey, they're not going to crown you then. Um, I mean, I'll tell you, though, what, Jeremy, I like the fact that we're playing Georgetown. Um on the little campus gym they have there, the McDonough Arena. I think that'll be fun in that Big East, Big 12, you know, battle, they call it. Uh, get to face right. old face old Ewing there, uh, December 6th. I mean, we're playing a lot of games here early. Obviously, the Youngstown State game with Calhoun uh, got canceled or postponed for now. Richmond's going to be a real interesting opponent, too, um, coming to the Coliseum there in December. Uh, Robert Morris, and then, boom, I mean, we're into Big 12 play early. Uh, we also have Buffalo uh, kind of in in the middle there in between Christmas and um, New Year's and really in between the, you know, the Big 12 there too. Um, and then obviously we have Florida too in the Coliseum. But, I mean, pretty good non-league schedule to go along with a uh, obviously always, you know, the, the tough gauntlet that is the Big 12. Oh, yeah, because there's uh, – I don't have it in front of me now. We're under 14 for the Big 12 right now, top 25. Oh, I, there, I mean, I think there might be four teams in the top – Top fifteen. Um, yeah, I mean, we were strong as a 
Uh, yeah, and I, I think you may even throw Texas in there as a, as the fifth team that might have gotten ranked from the uh, from the league. Yeah, maybe I think depending on which bracket you know, which pool you look at, mm-hmm. which rank. Yeah, I mean it's it's a crazy it's a crazy competitive tough league, um, Jeremy. You know, in in the fact that we kind of talked about it there just now. You know, at the top there, I mean, if you're in the top top five in this league, you're going to be more than likely in the top fifteen in the country this season at all times. Um, I sort of wanted to go and maybe and talk a little bit about the Big Twelve here real quick. I mean, you know, last time we saw Baylor, they were um, leaving Morgantown with a loss. Um, so I mean. Right. You know, obviously they're they're up to number two in this preseason poll. Um, they don't have Freddie Gillespie, yeah, or Gonzaga, depending on where you want to look at it. I think they should be over Gonzaga. I could, I don't. How do you feel about Gonzaga, real quick, before we get to the Big Twelve, though? Because I, I have my feelings on them. I would like to know what you feel about them. I mean, I think they're a good team. Obviously, you know, they returned almost everybody from last year, um, but. Gonzaga. I mean, I feel like it's, it's the same thing. They play well all season long. They get a high ranking, and they're one seed, two seed, going to a tournament. They're lead eight, and then bam, they're out. Yep. I mean, just you know, I think the biggest thing was just you know, just not tested week in and week out. With no, like, no, not at all. You, you can go out, you can go out and play a couple of big teams out of conference, and that's great, but. Um, you know, you have to be tested all season long to make a deep run. So, I think that's the biggest thing. And that's, and that's what I love seeing. Yeah, that's out of their control. That's yeah. Nothing they can do about it. I mean, I, I appreciate them for what they do in the non-league. I mean, they're going to play Kansas on Thanksgiving Day. They're going to play Baylor. Yeah. No. Yeah. At any time. I think they get a little bit of undeserved love at times from um, – from some of from some of the national pundits because they don't play every weekend like you said, but I mean Gonzaga is still that you know the kennel is a tough place to go play for sure. I mean in, in the fact you know Gonzaga, um, we know how tough the kennel is to play in, and you know we're going to see that second best team in that league in St. Mary's in the crossover classic. So you know we'll kind of see if um, if maybe St. Mary's has something for Gonzaga this year. But you know back into the Big Twelve here, we know that you know Baylor still has Jared Butler, Macy Oteague. And uh, Mitchell, I mean, they still are going to be a very good team. They added a they added a kid uh, that was a Big South freshman of the year. Flager was his name um, at Presbyterian. Scored double figures, thirty two of the thirty six games. They still have Vital as kind of a glue guy. Um, and then you know, old Meyer, they're looking like Shaggy. I mean, what did you think of Baylor last year, Jeremy? Did you think they were as good as maybe everyone thought they were? Do you think they were kind of they kind of kept getting by. They kind of kept winning, and Gillespie was kind of able to will that team to some games and wins that maybe they shouldn't have got. Well, it seemed like that's what it was. We, you know, all the games for them, just about like, you know, you watch them and they're yeah, not that good, but then they find a way to win. Right. You know? I mean, I mean that, that's how I view. Like I, you know, I look at it now, but you look back at the roster and they returned and the transfer you're talking about from Presbyterian coming into play, and you think, hey, you know. They could be number one. I mean, you know, what what they lose last year? Two games, three games? Three games, yeah. Three games. And, season, and three you know, they, I mean, they lost two in the last – yeah. I mean, they lost two of those three games in the last – within the last week of the season. Right. Yeah, they had one loss going in. Yeah. I mean, and, and so, you know, I know they like to play an up-tempo style of basketball. They're not going to – they're not going to dodge anybody. I know Bandu's not back. Um but, I mean, I thought we were better than them last year when we played them in Morgantown. Obviously, we were that day. Um, and, you know, the Coliseum rocking the way it was. I mean, that's a tough place for anybody to go. But I think we match up pretty well with Baylor um, on the whole because they're very guard-oriented. And I don't really think that they match up that well with the loss of Gillespie inside versus Oscar and Derek. No, I don't think so either. And, man, if we're going to beat them, that's where it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because outside, I mean, Butler's a – I mean, Butler, you know, was hitting, what, 43% in his last seven games from three. Teague is good. I mean, Scott Drew's a good coach. You know what they're going to do. They're going to run a lot of zones. Although last year they did play a lot more man, um, which is a different thing for him. So, you know, I mean, obviously, Baylor's going to be a team to be reckoned with in this league. They're going to be in the top ten all year. Um, And a team that, you know, depending on who makes shots that night, as, you know, Hugs always says, the ball got to go in the basket, right? Got to make shots. And if we make them against them, we'll win. And if we we don't, they probably have a good chance. But I do like our interior 
versus Baylor this year for sure, Jeremy. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, that's going to be the difference if we're going to be. Now, now, you know, talking about the next team kind of in the Big 12 pecking order there, the second uh, team in, in the preseason poll was Kansas this year. Um, Marcus Garrett's back. You know, he's kind of their all-do-everything guy, but they lost Doak. They lost Dotson. Um, they're going to try and play smaller and press more, they I believe. Lost, uh, yeah, I mean, they lost Doak and they lost Dotson. Azubuki not being there is a huge loss. And they lost the Moss kid who was a good transfer out of Iowa. I mean, they've got a Baji back. But, man, I don't like that team. I mean, I, I know they're going to have talented guys. They always do. I've, I've heard a lot of things about this Bryce Thompson, um, a kid who uh, out of Tulsa. Yeah, McDonald's All-American kid who's supposedly really tough. His dad played for self when he was at Tulsa all the way back in the day. So he knows what to expect. Um I mean, Braun and Abaji are okay, and McCormick is is a solid guy down low. But, I mean, if we run waves in McCormick, I don't see any reason to think that we are not going to be in very good position against Kansas again this year. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to uh, – Kansas is six, but, you know, they always seem to win the, um, win the conference yeah. this season. But, I, I, you know, they always seem to reload, but – you can almost go on a limb and say maybe we don't see the Kansas team that we're used to seeing. True. Um, but, you know, it's Kansas. Yeah. So they're going to relay. Bringing Ben Thompson, like you said, is on the top of the crew. Um, I mean, they're going to be right there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I say this, too. I mean, we'll eventually hear that they, you know, one of these de- one of these years and days that all that was for naught and they've been cheating the whole time. But until we ever get an investigation to close on Kansas, you know, we're going to have to keep going with the status quo that um they're allowed to compete like the rest of them. I still can't believe that Kansas didn't get a sanction coming down from them and Oklahoma State did somehow get a postseason ban. Just seems uh seems a little ludicrous, Jeremy, to me. Uh, that we're already at that point. <laughs> just kind of squirrely around there a little bit. I just, yeah. I just, you know, I mean, and I like the fact that we play Kansas early in the fog. More than likely, no fans at that point in time. I think we have right. more coming back and more cohesive as a unit than what they are. I think that's the time we finally get them there. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Hey, a little Christmas present for every uh, for all Mountaineer Nation, you know, since that's only three days before Christmas this year. I like the fact that we're playing some early Big 12 games, too. Um, next team kind of in that pecking order, a lot of teams have them kind of flip-flop with us is Texas Tech. Um, Jeremy, what do you think about Texas Tech coming into this year? I mean, they lost a lot of good players in, in Moretti uh, and Clark, uh, you know, two of kind of their ball handlers, kind of guys that facilitated the offense last year. Um, how do you feel about them? And then obviously losing Jemias Ramsey, too, is a huge loss for them. They had a couple plays where they got uh, the McClung kids coming in, the transfers from Georgetown. They yep, yep. fun to watch. Uh, you know, I, don't, they had, I don't know that he's a great player, but he's fun. They, he is fun. It'll be fun to watch. But. I mean, and, and then they also added three other transfers, too. They added a kid out of VCU, uh, Santos Silva, 12.8 points. Uh, 8.9 rebounds a game, a guard out of Wichita, Jamarius Bird, and then a forward out of UNLV who averaged 12 points and six boards a game. So they definitely, you know, kind of – Yeah, I mean, they, they also recruited a couple good um, good players here. Amari Burton was the number 19 player overall. Uh, Peavy was in the top 70. Um, and then they've also talked a lot about this 6'7 wing, Abajo, who's pretty tough, a kid out of Cali they really like. Um they have to come to Morgantown January 25th. They are – they're a tough team. I like the fact we get them early in Morgantown because I think they're still going to be kind of piecing this team together with those four transfers and not having Moretti, who's been such a key piece to those teams that, you know, made the Final Four and the National Championship game before they lost and making the Elite Eight that year with Keenan Evans. You know, I think they've got a little bit of um, – a little bit of work before they are that product that Chris Beard's going to want them to be in March for sure. And I like the fact we get them, you know, in Morgantown there early in January. No, oh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, Jeremy, I, I'll say this about Chris Beard. Um, one of the things that when I looked at his thing, they were talking about his culture. And I really like this quote that he brought up. He said, and I think this is – I think we got back to this after the, the kind of the one year that we had some trouble in the West Virginia program. He says – we're going to not have an entitled locker room, unentitled locker room. 
we're going to respect academics, we're going to be on time, and we're going to be mentally tough. And that's how you defend the culture. And, man, I loved hearing that because that kind of just reminds me of what I think about when I think about Bob Huggins, too. Um, and oh, yeah, when, yeah sure. when we play the when we play them, those games are always going to be grinders. Um, and they're, they're a good team. I mean, when they shot the ball well in Lubbock last year, they handled us. When we kind of played the way we did in Morgantown versus them and strangled them, you know, we strangled them in Morgantown. And then somehow, some way, the ball just would never not go through the bucket there when we played them in Lubbock in uh, late January last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, I mean, well, that was the game where they just shot like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, they shot like seventy percent from three. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was there was no getting around that L. We we couldn't, and we hung around with them. We just could never. And that was the game where Culver went to the line like thirty times, and and he, uh, I think he actually made more free throws that night than he did the rest of the Big Twelve play. Um, he actually was good at the line that night. Um, but you know, Texas Tech's obviously going to be a tough team, and they're going to be up there. In that in that top ten range as well, um, a team Jeremy that I think a lot of people are high on that I'm not really high on, and that's Texas. Um, yeah, they came on at the end of last year, but they just seem like they have a lot of guys that are just kind of average to above average players, and they don't seem to really do anything all that well. I know the Coleman kid's pretty tough, um, and they got a lot of depth, but. I don't necessarily like Texas' basketball team, and I don't think Shock is a great fit there. What do you think? I don't know if he's a great fit there. I like Shocker as a coach. I think he's a great coach. But, yeah, maybe he doesn't fit in at Texas. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Texas is one of those teams you just kind of always expect to have a lot of talent, but they always seem to underachieve. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And then – and they had, I mean, before last year's, you know, winning five out of six there at the end, they were 14 and 11, just kind of struggling through the Big 12. They weren't great. He added a great talent there in, uh, in Brown, who was a, you know, top 100 guy. I think he was ninth in the McDonald's list. Um, he always gets good talent, but like you said, they never seem to bring it together on the floor. By the way, Jeremy, have you seen Shaka's hair right now? Uh, oh, man, dude, he looks like a dirty Q-tip, dude. It's... The hairline, the hairline is awful. It's like I just put, you know, Q-tip in my dog's ear, man. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's got something left to be desired. But I mean, I hope for his sake that he can get that team into the dance. Um, because Texas is Texas is a brand that you want to be good in the league. And man, I'll tell you this too, Jeremy. They start off with a pretty cake schedule, um, in some respects in non-league. But their first three games in the league, they got to go to Baylor and Kansas. Sandwiched in with an Oklahoma State game, which is a team that I think is going to be pretty improved this year. Oklahoma State heard a lot about their newcomers, um, and not a team that I would sleep on if I'm Texas. Yeah, they're going to be better for sure. Sorry about that. No, you're good. <laughs> yeah, Oklahoma State's going to be better for sure. Is that what you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the likely kid's good. That Cade Cunningham, we're hearing all about him. Um, now they do have a, supposedly their postseason ban, but they can petition it, quote unquote. Um, they do have a rough schedule to start, but man, Oklahoma State's a program that I keep waiting to to emerge, but just never seems to be able to do so. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things like that that seem to be in the Big Twelve right there on the cusp of trying to, you know, maybe having a good season. Um, you know, I mean, that's the that's the, the big thing. There's no easy games. I mean, well, like last year, Kansas State was having a terrible season. We were riding high. We go in there and get smacked. It happens. I mean, they only won. Yeah. I mean, they won three games in the league last year. We may not do it as much this year. They can't have fans. You're not going to have court advantage. But, you know, you may see more of the better team winning. But, yeah, it's just tough in the conference. I mean, you know, you go on the road, anything can happen. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of of TCU, no Desmond Bain. I like that. Um, 
I like the fact that Jamie Dixon's got to kind of revamp that whole team. We owe him for that loss we had there in Fort Worth last year at the end. Um, I look at the rest of the league, though, Jeremy. I know Oklahoma's going to be better, I think, uh, potentially, although they do lose Doolittle. They're going to bring back old Brady Manick, and supposedly the Larry Bird do is back in effect. You got Austin Reeves, who had that incredible game, their last game of the year, where he put up like 41 against TCU and somehow kept us out of being the lone three seed, I think, if I remember correctly, that final day. Um, I mean, is there anybody else kind of at the bottom of the league that you expect to maybe have a rise? Maybe Iowa State gets a little bit better this year? Or do you kind of think the preseason poll will sort of kind of hold serve? Culture. Yeah. Just because, of, like I said, teams not having fans, you're not going to see many upsets. I don't think on the road. Uh, you, you know, I think we're going to see more nights where the better team wins. So you're going to see the Baylor, the West Virginia, the Kansas, Texas Tech go on the road. I think and do what they should do. Yeah. I don't think we see the normal Big Twelve run that we normally see. Yeah. You think just because of no fans, the better teams on the floor will typically find ways to win. Um, you know, and I kind of like the fact sometimes that, you know, the teams that were able to win games on the road were the teams that, you know, you were able to see that they had that improvement and they knew they were going to be those teams to win in March. Whereas this year, you know, I think the talent level will keep rising to the top and maybe not the toughest teams. Um, might be good for us, though, Jeremy, considering we were two and seven on the road last year. So that could maybe be a benefit for the Mountaineers. Yeah, it could be. But, you know, at the same time, though, we're not going to have home-court advantage that we're used to having in the Coliseum either. That's true. We're going to have both in the games in the Coliseum where that place is rocking. Oh, yeah. Like that Baylor game, for example. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we're probably, you know, going to lose a couple games at home that we're normally think we're going to win because of the home-court advantage. Hey, Jeremy, let's, let's hope not just because of how good we're going to be. Yeah, well, that's the thing. If there's only one or two, three teams better than us in the conference, you got to think that we're going to be able to yeah, I mean, when we're talking about Texas, I think Texas might be, you know, I've talked about them always seem to be an underachiever. Mm-hmm. But I think if Shaka Smart can get his guys in there, like I, you know, Texas usually seems to be a team that's big and, you know, physical underneath and maybe have a, you know, a big, long athletic forward or whatever. But I, if Shaka can get his guys in there, then I, I think they could be a surprise team. I, I know it's hard to say a surprise team when they're ranked. Top twenty-five, right? I think they could. I think this year could be a year where they could really, you know, upset some people and win some games. Yeah, be up there, be up there, kind of in the conversation. He needs them to be. Yeah, if you were talking about Jeremy Dixon having to revamp that TCU team, yeah, that's basically what Shaka's having to do in Texas. He's yeah, having to change the whole scheme, and, you know, because he, this TCU team, you remember they pressed the ball. I mean, they. Wasn't the 40 minutes of hell like the old Arkansas. Nah. Wasn't old Nolan walking through that door, but. No, but, you know, they got after it. So I think if he can get some guys in that can make the city use the press and play defense, I think Texas could have a pretty good year. Yeah. And, you know, I think last year, Jeremy, West Virginia's fall kind of muddled up the rest of the conference there. You know, I think Texas is probably, like you said, could be that fourth team, could be that fifth team. But, like you said, if you're in the top five and you're solidly in that top five, you're a top 20 team this year, which is going to more than likely get you a top four to five seed line and a chance to advance deep into, you know, March or May madness whenever Patino says we can play. What? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, and that's another thing, too. You know, I wonder how the COVID, the COVID situation will, will definitely kind of have an effect on this season. There's going to be a lot of angst. Um, hopefully we have as much success navigating COVID in basketball as we have in football. We've been very blessed with that, I think, for Mountaineer Nation, the way we've been able to kind of get through the cro- the cro- the COVID uh, crisis here in college athletics here in the fall, at least. Yeah, not the wood. Right. I already am, man. I just did. I just knocked on it. So so let's let's hope for that. Yeah, Jeremy, I want to get you out of here real quick on this, man. We'll, we'll definitely come back, uh, you know, later on, uh, maybe after the crossover classic, you know, continue to keep – keep coming in through the season but what what is your kind of your prediction for a this weekend in south dakota and then b kind of your preseason prognostication uh you know i think what's going to be this weekend or this week 
like I said, I, you know, maybe we win big early first game. Uh, but I don't, you know, I don't look for blowout wins against Memphis if I think we end up playing in the finals. I think mm-hmm. we're going to see, like I said, a lot of rotation. I think we're going to see some different lineups, some different people playing together. Um, I'm to be more concerned about that than he is concerned about big wins. Um, I think that I think that we'll be a better shooting team this year than we've been in the past for reasons, like I said, guys are a little bit more comfortable in the system a couple of years. Yep, yep. Um, and I, I think this Deuce will probably end up being the leader of the team. I know he's just a sophomore and everybody talks about McKay being kind of the floor general and the leader, even though he doesn't play as much. But I look for Deuce to maybe step into that role. Um, you know, we talked touched on this. Someone's going to have to step up and be the man. Yep. I mean, we're going to have to have someone that shoulders the load and says, you know, well, I'm not going to let us lose this game. Um, I think Deuce ends up being that guy. Yeah. So that's kind of my projection for the weekend. Uh, as far as the season, I, I, I still think that we're a Final Four team. You know, obviously we're going to have to get the turn to get some bounces and get a good draw. Yep. But All about draw matchup I for sure. We, I think if we stay healthy and the season goes, as we expect, and we don't have to miss games and games get canceled and things like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that we have a final four team. Hey, Jeremy, I, I want it, I want this to be the year we cut them, cut down the nets, be that final four team. I'm with you. I think Deuce becomes that guy who steps up and and wants the ball, becomes that Deshaun of this type of team. Um, and then I think it'll be interesting to see who the who the other guys that kind of step up and, and take those roles and take those big shots are. And I'm really hoping for continued. And just that next kind of that next level out of Oscar, because as great as he was last year, I mean, how scary could it be if he's even better this year, man? I mean, I think we would all be, you know, pretty blessed to watch him this season if he can put on performances even greater than what he did last year. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be an amazing season, Jeremy. Well, brother, man, have a happy Thanksgiving, buddy. And um, we'll definitely come on back and uh, talk more uh, basketball here on the porch uh, later on with you, brother. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Anytime. Absolutely, buddy. Well, take it easy, man. Let's go Mountaineers. Later. That's right.